What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the J Makopa podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, here is your extra immersive. If it's not your first time tuning in, then here is your extra immersive. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time um, just to be here and just to hang out with me on the podcast. If you're listening on Apple uh, Podcast, on Spotify, if you are listening on any other uh, streaming platform, I appreciate you because I do recognize that it was a choice that you made to be here. Now, uh, also, I want to say thank you to everyone who's just been giving me a bit of a shout out around the song that I released, Stay Close, that I put at the end of the podcast last week. Uh, I really do appreciate it, guys. I'm doing it for fun, to be honest. Not really to be like any type of like an artist or I'm not chasing anything like that. It's just really for fun. Uh, and, and, and yeah, but anyway, um, we're going to get into this message, guys. We are heading into Easter uh, at Faith Point Church, Cape Town. If anyone is listening to this and you're going to be in Cape Town in Easter, I want to invite you to a conference. It's called His Passion Conference. It's going to be pumping from Monday, uh, Saturday, Monday, Saturday and Sunday. So just go on instagram uh and just check out the poster it's already posted there and i believe great things gonna happen but let's get into the word today um and i believe this message is going to touch and bless you as i do believe with every episode but today i do believe that even this message is going to be more of an encounter than just a message speaking to you i pray that you listen to it with an open heart let us pray father thank you so much for all that you are doing i thank you so much that you are here Wherever people are listening to this, on their cell phones, laptops, in the car, um, at home, at work, wherever they're listening to this, oh Lord, I pray, my Lord, may you minister to them, uh, deliver this message to their hearts, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and we all say amen and amen. The title of the message today is a question, and I want to ask you, is Jesus invited? Or should I ask you, was Jesus invited? invited you see there's one thing about knowing about an event you know someone can tell you about an event that's going to happen hey uh, this is going to be happening at this place this person is going to be there this is going on but it's a whole different attitude that you will have you you will you'd recognize this that it's very different if i've in if i'm telling you about an event and if I'm inviting you to an event, your relationship with the event changes. Your relationship with what's going to happen there changes when you just know about it and when you are invited to it. The definition of an invite is to request the presence or participation of in a kindly, uh, courteous or complimentary way, especially to request to come or to go to a place gathering entertainment or to do something. You know, the truth is, you may find, if you really look at your prayer life, if you really look at the way that you interact with God, that you are not inviting God into situations that you are facing. Many times when you are praying, you are letting God know about it, but you're not inviting him into it. Now, in this message, I believe God is going to be highlighting that in your life. Wherever you are, listen to the word of God. Listen to what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you as this message is going to go forward. He is inviting you into that. He is asking, is he invited? God is asking, is he invited into the place? Is he going to get an invite? Now, let's see why an invite is so important. 
In John chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan, Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why have you, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feasts. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, but when everyone has drunk freely, they pour the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did in Cana, in Galilee, and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Now, if you pay attention to what's happening in this passage, it says in chapter 1, John 2 verse 1, on the third day. If you know anything about the third day, that is the day of resurrection. That is the day where, where we see Jesus was crucified on the, sun, on the Friday. The Saturday passes and on the third day, he rises up again. So this passage is already letting us know about what's about to happen. This passage is letting you know that resurrection is about to happen. Something that was supposed to be dead is about to come to life. Something that looked like it was the end of the story, it looks like it's turning into the beginning of the story. And this is what we see happen in this story. Now, let us look at this. John 3 verse 16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life should not perish but have eternal life what does the bible say it says for god so loved the world that he gave it does not say the world so loved jesus that it invited now this verse can many times be highlighting how your walk with god is the bible says for god so loved the world that he gave jesus it doesn't say the world so loved Jesus that it invited. Could that be significant to your walk with God? Where it, it's like that with you. It's not, you. Your story is not so much that you love Jesus so much that you invite him into your finances. That you invite him into your relationships. That you invite him into your family. No, not just tell Jesus that from a distance do something about it, but be a part of of what is going on. You see, when you are invited, you are a part of what is going on. What does a, a, a wedding represent? A wedding represents commitment, unity, love, new beginnings, and family. The Bible tells us that Jesus was invited to a wedding. A wedding is a very important time in somebody's life. It is almost a life-changing moment, a wedding. Now, the life-changing moments that you go through, is Jesus invited to that? Come on. Is Jesus invited to the moments that shook you? Is Jesus invited to the things that you are looking at, that you are approaching, that you are walking towards, that it looks like that thing, if that happens, things are not going to be the same. When that happens, whether it's good or it's bad, 
things aren't going to be the same. I'm not just saying, have you told Jesus about what's going to go on? I'm not just saying, have you prayed about it? I am asking, is a God invited that he would be a part of what's going on, whether it is painful or whether it is full of joy? Is God invited? Is he invited? I want to ask you, who have you invited? The book of John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan, Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. It says, Jesus was invited also with his disciples. You know, the truth is many times we feel like we want to invite God into our lives, invite God into situations. But there was a life-changing moment that was happening in John chapter 2. And Jesus was not invited alone. He was invited with his disciples. You see, that's something that the scripture is also communicating to you. That when you invite Jesus, Jesus doesn't roll alone. He doesn't move alone. He moves with his disciples. And it means that if you are going to invite Jesus somewhere, you have to invite his people as well. Now, that's a very difficult thing that you may be facing because people are not perfect. People can hurt you. People can disappoint you. But nonetheless, that's where Jesus moves. He does not just move alone. He moves with his people. I want to ask you, have you invited the disciples of Jesus into your life? Have you invited the disciples of Jesus into your walk with God? Have you invited the disciples of Jesus into the traumas that you face sometimes? Have you invited the disciples of Jesus because Jesus moves with his disciples? God uses people. You see, the same way that God uses you in your imperfection, he will use other people in their imperfection to do a perfect work. I want to ask you today, who have you invited into your life? Are they the disciples of God? The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. If you have the wrong people around you, you are messing up the potential breakthrough that can come forth. But if you have the people of God, great things can happen. And this is what we see in this story. John chapter 2. But Jesus is invited with his disciples. The Bible says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. It says, Bearing with one another, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So Jesus comes with his disciples. I want to ask you, have you invited his disciples along with you? You see, everything that happens in this story, the miracle that happens in this wedding is because there was an invite that was given to Jesus. It's not that Jesus just knew about the wedding. It's not just that Jesus was told about it, but he was invited into it. Can someone say amen today? Now, what happens when there is no invite that happens to God? Without the invite, your celebration will just become limitation. In John chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, When the wine ran out. You see, there are things in this world that you will celebrate. There are things in this world that will be good. Some of them, they come via your hard work. But some of those things are purely the blessing that comes from God. You don't understand how that came your way. But there are things that you will be able to celebrate. There are things that you are about to celebrate. Or there are things that you have celebrated. 
but without inviting Jesus into the celebration, it will simply turn into limitation. There is nothing in this world that can fulfill you. There is nothing in this world that will give you perfect peace. There is nothing in this world that will bring wholeness. If Jesus is not invited into your place of victory, into your place of joy, into your place of happiness, it will only turn into limitation and you will get to a point where it once made you feel good. It once satisfied you, but now you're realizing that it is all a part of a story of limitation. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36, it says, For what prof for what profit for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? You see, the thing is the world can only give you so much, but it is only in God that you receive wholeness. You see, without inviting God into your celebration, without inviting God into your victory, it is only going to turn into a limit. It is only going to go so far. You see, what God wants to do in your life is to give eternal life. And it only comes from Him. So without the invite, without the invite in this story, it would only have been, this story would have ended in limitation. You see, one thing you must understand about inviting God into your life, inviting God into your trouble, inviting God into your celebration, into your triumph, is the invite sets the scene for God to be involved. Uh, uh, you see, sometimes you want God to be involved, but it starts with the invite. I want to ask you, have you invited him? Have, does, was Jesus invited into that situation? Was Jesus invited? Because if he's not invited, he can't get involved. The Bible says, when Jesus is invited, it means he will be there. It means you have his presence. And this is what the Bible says about the presence of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you invite Jesus into your life, when you invite Jesus into your situation, there will be freedom. There is no chain, there is no cage, and there is no prison that will be able to hold you down because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Exodus chapter 33 verse 14, it says, And he said, My presence will go with you and give you rest. Listen, when you invite Jesus into that situation, into your life, into your family, into that place of depression or restlessness, the Bible says, because you have his presence, he will give you rest. You will have rest and that restlessness will disappear. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, to the presence of God, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Do you have a time of need that you're facing? Do you have a time of need that you are looking at right now? The Bible says that you must 
enter the presence of God. And if you have the presence of God, not the hand, not the activity, but just the fact that God is there, you will receive mercy. You will receive grace in your time of need. But the question to you is, have you invited him into your place of need? Is God invited or does he just know about the need? Because what God is waiting on you to do is to send out that invite so that you can receive his presence, so you can receive the grace and the mercy. You see, a thing without the invite is without the invite, God's purposes will not be seen. You see, it was because of this invite that God's purposes were seen in this story. In John chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, it says, Now there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 and 30 gallons. Now there were jars that were meant for a specific purpose according to man. You need to understand that there is a difference between the purposes of man and the purposes of God. They can be things that you think that, hey, this car is for this reason and that thing happened in my life for that reason and I have this talent for this reason and all you may be knowing is the purposes of man. But when Jesus is invited, as he was invited into this wedding, when he saw the jars of clay, the jars of stone, man's purposes were for a Jewish purification ceremony but the purposes of God was for a miracle the purposes of God was for things to change and for provision to take place in this wedding and in this moment I want to tell you that the purposes of God will not be revealed unless Jesus is invited into that place there are things that you don't know God needs to use and is going to use. There are things that God could use to turn your situation around. There are people around you who God could use to bring answer and bring wisdom. But if a God is not invited into the place of a need, if a God is not even invited into the place of celebration and victory, the purposes of God will not be seen. Now, this is what is important for you to understand is that your purposes can be stopped. The Bible says this in the book of John chapter 42 verse 2. It says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Thwarted, I'm not talking about thoughts, but thwarted it means in the English language, um, it says to be prevented or to be opposed. The Bible tells you that there is a difference between the purposes of a man and the purposes of God. What is that difference? The purposes of a man can be stopped. What does it mean? It means your will can be stopped. It means your plans can be stopped. But when it comes to the purposes of God, they cannot be opposed and they cannot be prevented. Now, it is important that you have the presence of God and you invite him into every circumstance, whether it is good or bad in your life, because he will reveal his purposes in your pain. He will reveal his purposes in your celebration and in your victory. And when you understand and you see his purposes, you will be able to align with what he wants to do and it will not 
be able to be stopped. It will not be able to be opposed. It will not be able to be prevented because that is the purposes of God. But in order to see the purposes of God, you have to invite him so that he reveals it to you. I want to ask you, is a God invited into that place, into your place of need? Is he invited? Is he invited? You see, without the purpose, I mean, without the invite, there will be no transformation in your life. In the book of John, chapter 2, verse 8 to 11, it says, And he said to them, Now draw out and take it to them. Draw out the water, the water and take it to the master of the feasts. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants um, knew where it came from, the master of the feast called the groom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then they pour the poor wine, but you've kept the good wine until now. You see, without Jesus, that water would have remained water. Without Jesus, that water would have remained the same. Without Jesus coming to that wedding, without Jesus being invited to that wedding, the water would have remained the same. But because of the invite he received, because of the invite he received, the water was transformed into wine. That is the same thing with the situation you're facing. That is the same thing with what's going on in your family. That is the same thing with what is happening in your mind. Transformation will take place if Jesus is invited to that place. You know, another thing that I believe God will be communicating to you and God wants to communicate to you through this passage and through this podcast episode is God will ask you, when you are carrying water, when you are carrying water and what you actually need is wine, God is asking you, are you willing to carry water? You see, sometimes before transformation, what God is looking for is for your faithfulness. Before the change happens, God wants to see, do you trust him that change will come? You see, what happened in this wedding is they needed wine. But Jesus said, fill up the jars with water. You see, what they had already was water, but they needed wine. Sometimes you can find yourself looking down on what you already have. You see, they did not need the wine. They did not, sorry, I mean, they did not need the water. They needed the wine. And sometimes you can find yourself overlooking what you already have and focusing on the thing you don't have. In the wedding, Jesus said, fill up the water. Sometimes 
you have things in your life. For example, you have a church or you have prayer or you have the word of God, but there is something else that you need from God. And what God will say to you is, yes, sometimes you have prayer. Yes, you have a place where you are serving. Yes, there are things that you already have, but the problem is you are not filled with those things. You are not filled with prayer. You're not filled with the word. And what God will do often is he will send you to the thing you already have that you fill yourself with it before he directs you to the place of your breakthrough, to the place of your change, to the place of your provision. Are you willing to take time to focus on the thing that you already have? Trusting that God is going to bring forth the thing that you do not have. Come on, God wants to fill you with what you already have. And then walk you to the place that you've not been to before. Walk you to the place of a need. Walk you to the place of transformation. But he needs you to fill yourself with what you know you're supposed to have. He needs you to fill yourself. He needs you to walk to the place of transformation being full of what is already around you. You see, sometimes the problem that you make is that you want the wine. You see, as we go forward in scripture, Jesus describes himself as the vine. Can someone say amen today? Sometimes we, we, we focus so much on the wine and we miss the fact you see, let me say this to you one more time. Sometimes we focus so much on the vine, or on the wine. Sometimes we focus so, so much, we put our attention on the wine that we miss the fact that Jesus calls himself the vine. You see, you would not have the wine without the vine. I need to say that to you one more time. Sometimes you are so focused on the fact that you don't have the wine. You're so focused on the fact that you don't have what you need in your situation and in that moment. But God wants you to see that it's not about the wine. You have the vine. The vine is the one that brings forth the wine. So don't be so caught up in the wine. Don't be so caught up in the problem. Don't be so caught up in the thing that you need. Focus on your provider. Focus on your healer. Focus on the one who's omnipresent and will never leave nor forsake you. The problem that you have faced for too long is that you've put your attention on the wine and God wants to turn your attention to the vine, the fact that you have Jesus. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavily laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will take, find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What we see in scripture is that often we see miracles and some people are so caught up in the miracle. Some people are so caught up in what happened in the miracle and in scripture, but 
in actual fact, miracles were only to catch people's attention. The only reason why Jesus did miracles was to get people's attention so that they listen. You see, the Bible says that faith comes through hearing. You see, their lives would not be changed. You see, sometimes your situation can change, but your heart has not changed. Sometimes your situation can change, but your mind has not changed. And what God does through miracles is simply giving out an invitation. It looks like the story has flipped. It's not only, you see, the purposes of a man was that Jesus was invited. Jesus was invited to the situation, but in actual fact, we see that this was an invite from Jesus to us. It, it, it's not so much that Jesus was invited, but what was actually happening was Jesus was inviting mankind to a change. Jesus was inviting, was sending out an invite to say that change can happen. You see, I want to communicate two things in this message. You see, on one part, you do need to invite Jesus into your situation. But the greater message is that Jesus is inviting you. Jesus is calling you into a place of help. He's calling you into a place of wholeness. He's calling you into a place of understanding. He's calling you into a place of freedom. But will you respond to him? You see, I believe in this message, the Holy Spirit is taking over from where I'm leaving off. There's a place that Jesus wants you to step into. And I hope that you will hear God's word through, through, this, through this message. Maybe it's through prayer. Maybe it's to prayer. Maybe it's to serving in your church. Maybe it's to building something that will bring him glory. But Jesus is calling you first and foremost to himself. And I pray that you respond when he's inviting you. You see, the Bible calls Jesus the bridegroom and the church the, the, the bride. The the the. The, the church is the bride and he is the bridegroom. It is not so much about a wedding happening between humans, but in the spirit, the Bible describes this is what's happening. Jesus wants to commit to us, but will we show up to the wedding and to the commitment? Will you commit to Jesus again? Would you commit to what he wants to do to your life, through your life? Would you commit to what you said you would do for him? There's an invite that has come out to you. But you need to understand that you also need to invite him. Let's say this prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this word. I pray, Lord, may your people firstly invite you into their wedding. But secondly, realize that once you have come into the wedding, you are also inviting. When we invite you, my God, you invite us as well into something far greater than what we have invited you into. Father, I pray may the people who listen to this May they receive it with an open heart. May they take it with them and may they apply it in their lives. Holy Spirit, take over. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the J Copper podcast. We've come to the end. Share this with all your loved ones, with all your friends, and even the haters. And also, guys, you know I have music out on Apple Music, on Spotify, on all streaming platforms. I ask you guys, please buy the music, but also share it out with everyone. I hope you guys enjoy it. And if not, 
it's all good but we are done with the podcast take care god is love we are out peace